Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike Wan. Co-host also, Mike, is here, and we have a loaded Oscar race checkpoint for you today. It, it's December, so uh, these are the times when the news comes fast and furious, and we don't have Vin Diesel at our disposal to help us out and lead us through. All we have is ourselves, Michael. Well, I, I feel like this season just, like, crashes down upon us like like a wave like in mm-hmm. an ocean i mean my metaphors are even struggling couldn't right go now with the because, fast and furious metaphor that yeah, i laid out for you huh no i couldn't i, I don't know why <laughs> because i just saw boy in the heron and it was all water related and ah, i see i don't know if you know this but heron bird related mm-hmm. um i think uh i think my brain is broke also, which is the wrong time of the year for my brain to be broke because we have nothing but nominations and winners and award show news to report on today. Yeah. We deleted a few trailers. I'll weave in a few reviews into the episode of The Boy and the Heron, etc. But like wall to wall, this is this is award show coverage. I mean, Clayton Davis had a scoop, NBR, AFI, Top 10, Spirits, Astras, Bifas, Globe Predictions. We're going to do it all today. A lot of stuff going on. I thought a heron was a fish. Anyway, uh, we'll start with, with that scoop that Clayton Davis had to, to begin us and kick us off here. Uh, he somehow got his hands on the 20 finalists that will ev- inevitably be making up the shortlist for VFX. Right. So the shortlist is going to be 10 films long, and this is a list of 20. So it's the longer VFX shortlist. It's the long list before the shortlist. It's the leak list. It's Clayton, yeah, the Clayton Davis leak annual leak list that he got for VFX, which I'm, I'm glad he did. But, I mean, look at Ant-Man, Aquaman, Barbie, Boys in the Boat, Creator, D- D&D, Godzilla Minus One, Guardians 3, Indy 5, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Marvels, Dead Reckoning, Napoleon, Nyad, Poor Things, Rebel Moon, Society of the Snow, Across the Spider-Verse, Transformers, Beasts, and uh, Wonka. All right, that's 20 names. And like Clayton finishes the article with, no Oppenheimer, no Blue Beetle, Little Mermaid, The Flash, Meg 2, Ferrari, another surprising omission here, Mm -hmm. Shazam, Mm -hmm. Fury of the Gods. And, you know, all the credit in the world to Clayton Davis here, but my most egregious snub is John Wick Chapter 4. I mean, for the overhead, you know, shotgun scene alone, if not for the roundabout sequence, there's a lot of practical effects in there. I I liken myself to an Academy member, you see. I value these practical (laughs) effects. Uh, I always have. Right, right. Um, (laughs) What the hell is the boys in the boat doing here? (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be, you know, Rowing past the Nazis, it's like like do we like a drop a wave, nuclear bomb on the Nazis and rewrite history mm-hmm. in that movie? And that, is the nuclear bomb we drop more impressive than the one in Oppenheimer? Is that come on? The Oppenheimer mm-hmm. explosion was impressive. That being said, they I told you what they did. They just zoomed in on a yeah, freshly right. poured Guinness. <laughs> You're just gonna keep beating that dead horse of a joke until <laughs> <laughs> until I get another Guinness. <laughs> I am stunned. Were you you surprised by the Oppenheimer omission? Absolutely. I mean, it's still like fourth on my list. I was crazy shocked. That's a movie that I think was like tailor made for the VFX branch. 
I would have figured it, 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 it'd still be in there. However, when you do break it all down, there's not a lot. There's that one scene. Really. I, I don't disagree. I, but it is, like, maybe also the defining scene of cinema in 2023. <laughs> yes, I agree with that so, as well. There's that. Uh, um, I was excited to see Society of the Snow. I've, I tweeted that mm-hmm. as well. Surprised by the likes of Nyad, surprised by the boys in the boat, but I haven't seen boys in the boat. Does Killers belong here? Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon uh, does not really belong there, no. No. Okay. I didn't think so, but I I haven't seen it yet. If if by you know walking around Oklahoma very slowly is a visual effect, <laughs> then the whole cast deserves to be included in it. I guess. Like, what do we? The entire thing was CGI for no reason. CGI. All everybody was CGI. It was somebody <laughs> de-aged. They de-aged Robert De Niro by yeah. a couple years. He was kicking that guy when he was down. That's how he got it. Look at um, Godzilla minus one is here. That's all I care about because I just yeah. saw that this week. I just want to say it reminds me of old Godzilla films. But I have superior heard nothing but good things and about better. That movie. Honorable characters like right after World War, or excuse me, right in the midst of World War II, right on the edge of it. Uh, characters that you root for. I mean, is it batshit crazy and pure utter poppycock yeah but it's a godzilla movie like we expect that we expect just mumbo jumbo nonsense and sci-fi silliness and and it's there so i'm not gonna like go over the moon and say it's like a a movie but b plus 87 all day i mean this and then a vfx looks stupendous they made it for like 10 million dollars 15 million dollars whatever it was yeah that's that's the impressive part is how low budget it was um some people are saying it's almost as good as transformers rise of the beast <laughs> What are we doing? Why is that here? I do wonder that. I do wonder that, yeah. It looked cartoonish. You know why? Because it was just a cartoon. It was that guy from Hamilton, who I forget his name. I love him. Just walking around, fist bumping and dapping fucking cartoon robots. Yeah. What are we doing? Weird list, but like you said, we're going to get those. That's going to be 20 whittled down to 10 to be the official shortlist of VFX, unless something crazy happens and, and Clayton is somehow uh, misinformed here. But that's yet to be the case there uh, when it comes to his reporting. So yeah. there's your review of the short, the long list. That'll be the short list. That's also a review of Godzilla minus one that also Mike gave you. Let's move on to the National Board of Review, who gave out all their awards in the uh, last couple of days as well. And the number one film of the year by NBR this year goes to Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, it also took three other awards, including Scorsese in director, mm. Lily Gladstone, one lead actress for the NBR, and a share in cinematography for Rodrigo Prieto. Okay, I did some quick uh, last 10 year stats for the NBR winners. You have eight of the last 10 nominated for Best Picture and one Best Picture winner. Uh, in that mix, Green Book, that is. So last year, Top Gun Maverick won it, Licorice Peach of the Five Bloods, Irishman Green Book are the last five. So, yeah, I think this matters. I think this kind of gets you a nom, but, sure, uh, you know, does it does it preclude anything? Not necessarily. Yeah, it's not, a, I, I tweeted as much too, not really a harbinger of, or necessarily a prelude of winners to come on the Oscars stage. You said it, we've only had one winner in the past 10 years. Prior to that, you have to go back to 2007 and 2008, No Country for Old Men and Slumdog Millionaire won uh, back-to-back years for NBR, and they did end up winning the Best Picture on the Oscar stage. Before No Country for Old Men, though, we're in the 90s. For the last time, the NBR Best Picture winner ended up winning the Oscar for Best Picture, and that was American Beauty. Mike, what do you think the average age of the NBR voting member is? Because this show's been around since 1929. Do you think any mm-hmm. of those OGs are, are left left over? Yeah. I do. I do. I think uh, yeah. at least 25 of them are. Because this feels like an old list to me, no? 304 years old <laughs> is my answer. Yeah. Uh, 
it's it, it's an establishment that likes themselves some Scorsese. I don't blame him. I don't blame him overall in, in a sense. And I and I, I don't blame him for this list and, and for these awards. I'm just it does strike me as an older skewing, you know, more mature, let's maybe put it that way. Yeah, uh, body I mean, of voters. Well, I say the Scorsese thing because the last time the NBR best director was the Oscars best director was Scorsese in 2006. Hmm. So, he has a history here. I don't know if he's going to translate that into into uh, Oscar success this year. But, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. It, it seems like a more mature list is what we'll say. Um, that said, Flower Moon's racking up some wins lately in the uh, picture category. Absolutely. So, and we have absolute, we have no clarity whatsoever in what's going on with picture yet. No, we don't. And it, and it does matter. And do, would you put Killers of the Flower Moon as the front runner right now? Would you go as, so far to do, as, to, as to do that? Based on its its early wins here, or, or we're we're still. I know it has no wins, but until something rocks me from Oppenheimer, okay. that's still that's just in my head. Anyway, regarding the nominations here, or at least the the top ten list inclusions tw- uh, of the last five years, I should say, twenty eight of the last fifty uh, have gone on to Best Picture noms. So this list matters, I would say, a little more than AFI because NBR does, in fact, include. Uh, not only best international film winners, but best mm-hmm. international films in the category, as we're going to see. So they they can go animated, etc. So I, th- I think this is why you've always liked to include NBR in your stat making deep dives over the years, too, right, Mike? I was thinking about that exact thing the uh, like two nights ago or last night, whenever it was. I think it's got a lot to do with the name. The National Board of Review is a hell of a name that that like presents authority. It is. It is. I've always <laughs> you know? wondered why you you like you you always throw like an NBR stat yeah. later in the year. Like, well, if if a best picture was made by a blonde man and it was nominated <laughs> at the NBR, stop coming for me and Owen Wilson like this. <laughs> it's get it's getting a best picture, uh, uh, best editing nom. Excuse me. Let's talk about the uh, the rest of the top ten here. Number two was Barbie, which only shared one other award for Rodrigo Preto in cinematography. Uh, the Boy and the Heron was listed in the third spot. It's in the top ten, but it lost to Spider-Verse for NBR's animated feature, which is interesting. Would you rather win NBR's best animated feature prize or show up in the NBR top ten of the year uh, list, Michael? That's a great question. Uh, I, I would say... Top ten, I, I, that probably helps you out a little more, just, just because again, you I mean your proclivity to include it in all your stats. I mean, now, <laughs> now the boy in the heron is cooking with dynamite. Uh-huh. Uh, and they actually uh-huh. cook with dynamite in this movie because that's how fucking nuts it is. <laughs> no, <laughs> God, you saw it last night. I did see it last night. It's it's wild, and I love Miyazaki films. They're all absolutely out of their damn minds i told you in the pre-show i felt like seth rogan i forget what movie he was in but he's watching cirque de soleil on mushrooms and i'm just like what's going on here you know that that was me the whole movie and it was a good crowd big crowd 40 35 40 people whatever uh in danbury connecticut and the boy in the heron like my brother and i we saw it in the original japanese with subtitles like i enjoyed myself immensely but I'm a fan, and my brother had only seen Spirited Away, and he walks out of there. He's like, I don't know if I loved it or if I hate it with all my heart. I do not understand (laughs) it. He's like, can you tell me what that movie means? I'm like, not really, because even though, like, the themes are obvious and the plot is A to B to C, like, you could follow the plot, but, like, what does it mean? Michael, the number of bird-like characters in this, there's nobody... (laughs) 
out there who could tell me they understand what the parakeets mean in, in terms of the plot versus the <laughs> pelicans versus the the herons like give me a break you don't get it nobody Miyazaki, gets it. Miyazaki's just an orth- ornithological sicko is what you're saying <laughs> he's an ornith- <laughs> absolutely he's a sicko uh but like like they he made this movie for kids <laughs> that's the other thing like this well, I mean not really but it's it's I don't know. He's Isn't an 82 backdrop year old man. World War Two. It's say? a World War Two movie. It's an animated movie. It's a world, for everyone. that typical World War Two kids movie about birds. I don't know what he's doing here. I don't get it. A lot of people on the internet, on YouTube, are saying like he's. What my interpretation is like he's doing the big fish treatment of his whole entire career, in a way. It's been a year for that. Wes Anderson kind of did the same thing. And I don't necessarily buy that, even though I see the threads and the references. But the, people are stretching, like, oh, he's got, there's a, you know, they got uh, this one video I watched. There's a mark on the chest of the parent that's the same mark on Totoro. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> but, and I love this guy for his. Shut his up! I, yeah, but I don't. Shut care. up! But I, I enjoyed, like, the World War II uh, storyline. I enjoyed him spending a lot of time in what seemingly resembled what we've read about Miyazaki's childhood. But that's like the first hour. Like it was a very weird scenario because every one of the, every other one of his movies, like you're down the rabbit hole, you're in Narnia, you're in Oz, you're going to the TVA, you're going to your special world, like 10 minutes into the movie, you're thrust into that special world yeah. and, and knocked off your pins early on in most of his films. But here we're like an hour in the real world. And then he like rushes the back half. There's hmm. no question about it. It's, it is a rush job. And we are literally in a parade of madness, not sadness, just constant. Like we're, we're with a new best friend character every 10 minutes in a whole new reality shift. And, and I got to say, I, I, again, I'm Seth Rogen watching Cirque du Soleil, but I'm enjoying myself immensely watching this. That being said, like, I don't know how you walk away from this movie and you're like, this is definitely a masterpiece. I get it. I get exactly <laughs> what he's doing. No, you don't. No, you don't. Nobody understands this movie. It wasn't just me. Yes, you can love the gorgeous animation and every, I mean, the artwork in this movie, Michael, like there's a thousand frames that deserve to be hung in a thousand museums. Yeah. It's, it's that beautiful. So, I would prefer Spider-Verse because I think it's more, you know, I could consume it on the first watch, but I, yeah. Yeah, well, it's it same. seems like that's what that's what animated feature is going to be, is going to be a Spider-Verse against the boy and the heron, and that's kind of what the NBR did in splitting the, the baby, if you will, in those two directions, mm. but never been an instance of an animated film appearing in the NBR top 10 that didn't win animated feature at the NBR as well as well uh, and anytime I picture one animated feature uh, that was the movie that ended up in the NBR top wow. 10 so this is a rare air that the boy in the heron is finding itself in kind of making history as far as the NBR is concerned unbelievable yeah, yeah that, that is that is un- liter- literally unbelievable <laughs> no, it's, it's actually unbelievable you know, like i can't believe i it. my brain can't wrap <laughs> i refuse it. to believe it I'm struggling uh, with words this entire episode <laughs> because of that movie last night let's go uh, number four was ferrari this uh shows up here in the nbr top 10 this is much needed because ferrari has not been showing up too many places obviously yeah. it got the gotham's tribute but uh, Penelope Cruz kind of needed this and look I mean Ferrari was snubbed in that short long list the long short list the Clayton list the leak list the, the leak list yeah the mm. long short list uh, Ferrari was list. not there and we've seen nothing but crazy VFX in those trailers right 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still think it has life because of other technical categories. But yeah, you would have thought I, that long list is weird. It's very odd. Hmm. The boy in the boat. The boys, <laughs> the boys in the boat. The boys in the boat. The star the, wo- like Stars boys War. in the hood. B O Y Z. The boys in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll finish off the top 10 here with a rundown for top 10 films at NBR. The Holdovers had a terrific day as well all over National Board of Review. Uh, won Paul Giamatti, lead actor as well, Divine Joy Randolph in supporting actress, and David Hemmingson for best original screenplay. Iron Claw took on best ensemble as well. Maestro also won Bradley Cooper, the Icon Award from the National Board of Review. Oppenheimer does show up in the top 10. Didn't win anything else, though. Past Lives won best directorial debut by Celine Song. And number 10 was Poor Things, which won two other awards for best supporting actor for Mark Ruffalo and best adapted screenplay for Tony McNamara. In terms of international features, other than The Boy and the Heron, we had Anatomy of a Fall win the, the main award, and then The Zone of Interest was among the top five uh, in that international category, along with Fallen Leaves, The Teacher's Lounge, Totem, and I'm thrilled to see La Chimera here, which was that you know Italian oddity of a movie that just like won over my heart before I, well, before and after when I when I fed my body with just burger after burger after Guinness after burger. (laughs) Anyway, I have a problem. (laughs) I was happy to see the Iron Claw show up in the top 10. I was even happier to see May, December not show up in the top 10. Uh I'm the only person on this planet who knows what they're talking about when it comes to film until AFI had to ruin that for me. (laughs) Well, uh, all of us strangers was, it was tabbed in the top 10 indie films list at NBR. And uh, yeah, I mean, all dirt roads, taste of salt, earth, mama, mama, flora and son, Persian version, scrapper showing up theater camp. Plus you get Blackberry and a thousand and one, two of my favorite indies on the year. Uh, And it was also awesome to see Tiana Taylor tech take best, breakthrough performance um over alliterating right now but I, I i do appreciate i do appreciate nbr for having the indie list for having the international list for having the top 10 yeah and, and there's some crossover but you can still give a lot of movies a lot of credit yeah, there's uh, the nbr and some awards and we'll finish up for documentaries here still a michael j fox story one For NBR Best Documentary in the top five included 20 Days in Maripool, 32 Sounds, The Eternal Memory, The Pigeon Tunnel, and A Still Small Voice. Why don't they just call it the top six? Because the same with international feature, because the top five after you name another winner, at least least the Killers of the Flower Moon is number one, and then they list nine more. That's a good point. The top ten. I'm with you. I, I sign up. Uh, outstanding, outstanding achievement in stunt artistry. Director Chad Stahelski and stunt coordinator Stephen Dunleavy and Scott Rogers for John Wick Chapter 4. So there you go. John Wick doesn't leave empty-handed. Yeah, John Wick deserves deserves it. All right. We'll, we'll talk about the AFI Top 10 now. And we had American Fiction, May, December, and Spider-Verse. Those are the three different films that got AFI Top 10s uh, and that did not get NBR a few minutes ago barbie the holdovers killers of the flower moon maestro oppenheimer past lives and poor things got both but look american film institute the obvious thing to say about them is they nominate american films so the boy in the heron not really eligible for this one uh ferrari and iron claw maybe they have a bone to pick or a worry to have the color purple rust and origin priscilla priscilla having a tough week right now they color purple too might be worried, and yeah, color purple did not have a good uh, weekend for sure. Yeah. I wonder if that's is that a submission t- 
timing thing, perhaps. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe for it's our. Weird. I mean, maybe, but then again, why is the Iron Claw showing up in places? Mm-hmm. So, I, don't I don't know because they got they got their film out sooner. Yeah. I, I don't know, but if you look at the recent history of the AFI, they're pretty good at predicting which American films will wind up in Best Picture. I mean, they've been 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 6 out of 10, 5 out of 10 in the last five years, but their misses have been like last year. They missed Triangle of Sadness, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Banshees of Inishir, and they're all international films, not eligible for the AFI 10 list. The year before that, Belfast, Drive My Car, that's all they missed. So in the last two years, all they missed were international films. The year before that, The Father... They missed on Promising Young Woman. They missed on... I'm not sure if Promising Young Woman was a British production or not. I thought it was an American production, but she's a British director, obviously. Ford v. Ferrari, they've missed on. Bo Rap Vice, they've missed on. Again, you know, just going back. But, uh, yeah, I think this list, if you're an American film, maybe maybe you do worry if you're the color purple or the Iron Claw. What do you think? Uh, I was thinking the exact other end of the spectrum there. I'm like, well, if I'm Barbie or if I'm like, maybe some of the, like, Barbie's going to be there and Oppenheimer's going to be there. But if I'm like the holdovers, I feel really good about myself. If I'm past lives, I feel really good about my chances of showing up in the, the Oscars list now. Yeah. May, December saves itself here. It's got a lot of, I was surprised when it didn't show up in NBR. That's the only reason I wrote the thing about me being right about it. Well, how because does I, American, I totally expected it to be there. How does American fiction miss NBR? I mean, if it didn't win every major film festival before this, every That's major audience award before this, I would be worried for American fiction, but not so really. So American fiction, May, December, Spider-Verse, Boy in the Heron. Uh, Heron. Boy, did I mispronounce that. Boy in the Heron. I don't know. Um, Maybe you're nuts. I, ser- I heard the in-session film guys well, go Well, I Heron. thought it was a bird, so... <laughs> Is Heron the fish? fish? I, mean. I thought it was a fish. Is Heron so. the fish and Heron's the bird? <laughs> and Daniel Heron was a pitcher for the Oakland A's back in the day. The more you um, know. These are, <laughs> these are the, the things that are going to be fighting themselves out for those last like three or four slots on the Oscars Best Picture card. Yeah, so I agree. Uh, well, we'll talk about some of those same movies now with the Indie Spirit Award noms. And remember, guys, they moved the Indie Spirits up this year. That's usually either Oscar weekend or the weekend before. Uh, we've always seen like all of the Oscar people, you know, showered with awards uh, on the at the in the tent on the beach the night before kind of thing. But they're actually going to go two weeks before this year's Oscars on February twenty fifth. Uh, rather than be close. There is a budget cap, Perian Thompson, amongst others, who chronicled the budget cap being at $30 million, so not eligible, according to Anne, etc. Barbie, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, The Color Purple, Rustin. Maestro Maya. we haven't named either. Where the hell's that been? Maestro was, was up there in something. Anyway, Air, Ferrari, Saltburn, I think, was oh, okay, over it, then, too. Okay, Wasn't yeah, Maestro in one of NBR. the two? NBR, yeah, you're right. No, it was in, it was in AFI, too. Did was I not it? say Did I miss that? Maestro got both. Okay. All right. Then I'm an idiot. I'm not going to take that out. That's okay. I just want to cause confusion. I just want, I'm an agent of chaos. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. Right. I totally, totally derailed your moment. No, that's good. I, I, but those are the ineligible films. Barbie threw Saltburn there, like I said. Uh, but but yeah, you got the you got the tallies because we got some big name Oscar films high up in the tallies this year. So American Fiction does well for itself at the Indie Spirits again, as it has for every other smaller award show except for those those lists that we just talked about. But only showing up on one of those. But it has five uh, nominations for the Indie Spirit Awards. So does May December and Past Lives. The Holdovers and Passages finished with four apiece. All of Us Strange.
Stranger's Birth, Rebirth, Chronicles of Our Wandering Saint, Eileen, Rotting in the Sun, Theater Camp, Upon Entry, and We Grown Now have three nominations apiece. So for best feature, here are your five. All of Us Strangers, American Fiction, May, December, Passages, Past Lives, all well-known Oscar contenders. And then this is what I always love about the indie spirits. Like We Grown Now, never heard of it. Apparently, yeah. it's two young boys, best friends, uh, Malik and Eric, discover the joys and hardships of growing up in the sprawling Cabrini Green public housing complex in 1992 Chicago. Is this a prequel to Candyman? I was just going to say, isn't that the exact same setting? Same setting. but <laughs> okay, Probably cool. not. Probably It's probably yeah. a serious movie if, uh, if, if it's here. But I, I'm, I'm thrilled to see it. I'm thr- like That's the fun of these award shows. You're constantly adding movies to your watch list. Right. And film independent. I trust them as scouts. Uh, for certain so that's fun ultimately i mean i want to ask you because i'm not super concerned with the omissions but like the holdovers the holdovers is omitted here and and giamatti and Payne are admitted uh, omitted down the card priscilla maybe there's a these are two entirely different stories priscilla does not show up really anywhere is that a budgetary thing we we don't know i thought it was a 20 million dollar budget so I don't think so. It was eligible for the... Go- well, no, there's no budget cap at the Gotham's now. But Kaylee Spaney, not not in the mix here. So does it worry you for the holder, holdover's candidacy that they're not going to be able to win and, and sweep and do as well as they may have hoped if they really wanted to win Best Picture? Like last year, Everything Everywhere All at Once won seven of eight. It was a shower. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think if the holdovers was going to, yeah, in terms of do the holdovers hopes for winning best picture on the Oscar stage. Yeah. I, I think you have to be a little concerned. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it has no chance, but like you said, if you're going to be the little movie that could, right. You kind of have to have the moments on these smaller award stages that swing your momentum going forward in the Oscar stage. I wonder if you're dealing with filmmakers as established as Payne and Coppola, if that, if the, if the spirit, voting body is just like hey you know they, they they got their big mansions they they can make any movie they want to make <laughs> you know maybe we don't need to nominate them for everything always uh you know paul giamatti he's he can do whatever he wants to do in life yeah but Todd Ju- haynes is here julianne moore well i mean yeah Todd haynes is yeah. but he's always been like this indie film maverick in a way right i don't know trying to make up uh reasons for why they why that why they're not in that uh not down the car like Paul Giamatti there's 10 leads listed and he's not in it yeah that's odd it is a little odd especially because they like the movie they clearly like the movie right if you like the holdovers wouldn't Paul Giamatti be one of the best parts of the film you would think yeah that is or at least the directing yeah yeah like I said I mean if you're gonna be like a coda you're gonna be a uh everything everywhere you got to have your moments on these uh smaller award stages like pain is not in this director five of Haig, Haynes, Oldroyd, Sachs, and Song. Yeah, it's it's a little surprising. Passage is getting the love in the categories that the holdovers isn't is kind of surprising to me. At least as far as director and picture go. I like the movie uh, quite a bit, and I can see I can see how it works uh, on that crowd. But uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'm I'm even more surprised about Oldroyd and Eileen. But I haven't seen that movie yet. I'm seeing it this weekend. I don't know if you want to buddy up and go see that with me, but I think uh, I think I'm pretty excited to see Eileen this weekend. I hear It'll a lot the of things. Picture of all time. <laughs> right? You, you like the trailer. You yeah. so you have grudges and you have hunches, and you are as stubborn with both with each, <laughs> aren't right. you? Okay. Yeah. 
I had to live on the extremes. In terms of the lead category, Chastain from memory, Greta Lee of past lives, uh, a trace, a Lissette of Monica, which is awesome to see uh, and history making there. Natalie Portman of May, December, Judy Reyes of birth, rebirth. How about a horror movie? Scary's nominee getting in. Franz Rogowski of passages, Andrew Scott of all of us strangers, Tiana Taylor, a thousand and one right of American fiction, Teo Yu of past lives, but no, no Spaney, no, no Nicholas Cage from uh, Dream Scenario, and certainly no, no uh, Giamatti. Uh, I, the other name I I wanted to mention was Gael Garcia Bernal, Garcia Bernal there from Cassandro. I, I just don't know what the budget was for that. I mean, you at least can't. It's an inspired list, if nothing else. You can't. I mean, you've loved a thousand and one. You've kind of banged the drum for that all year long. There was a huge cry on film Twitter when Franz Rogowski won something recently. I know people love that performance as well. Uh, like you said, Birth Rebirth getting a, a nod here. Monica getting a nod here. Teo Yu is an inspired pick. Like You can't say that this isn't like a varied list, at least. I, I do enjoy the list. If it, if it could have been 12 long, and you could have put Spaney and, and Giamatti in, I think I would be the happy happier. Yeah. But uh, I do like the 10. Supporting is, is strange to me. Like I'm su- I am a little surprised, taken aback, that uh, Julianne Moore isn't in this list, though, Mike. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> You're not. You're well. I mean, look at her character. No, it is, is it's despicable. just not. It's it's yeah. It's a despicable character. But again, those are the ones that do better in supporting uh, supporting categories rather than lead. And yet, we just talked about how Portman is there in the indie. But maybe the indie spirits are, are are totally. You know, we don't. We're not as familiar with the voting body there as we are with the Academy that we've studied for all these years. But here are the list of supporting uh, nominees. Again, it's a mixed category. Erica Alexander from American Fiction, Sterling K. Brown of American Fiction makes it as well. Noah Galvin from Theater Camp, Anne Hathaway of Eileen, Glenn Howerton of Blackberry, Mar- Marin Ireland of Eileen, Charles Melton of May December, Divine Joy Randolph of The Holdovers, Catalina Saavedra, Rotting in the Son and Ben Wishaw, my boy from Passages. All right. So Melton, Randolph, Howerton, Wishaw. I think right. I expected those four. There's they're deserving. They're from indie film award magnet movies. Yeah. Makes some Except sense. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited <laughs> to see Eileen this weekend. Again, I'll say that because Marin Ireland has she's just been doing these cool roles in horror movies. It's just like been a wave of awesome roles in horror movies for Marin Ireland. The Boogeyman, she had the coolest character. In that movie, she was yeah. the woman in the house. I'll just say that. The woman in the house. Mm-hmm. She was awesome. Birth, Rebirth. She was the Dr. Frankenstein. Loved her in Birth, Rebirth. I, I can't remember her exactly in The Empty Man, but I, I, I could just picture her face in those last two movies, but she's in The Empty Man. I have not seen The Dark and the Wicked. I don't know if you watched that on Shudder. I have of, not. I one of their not. originals. But she's like the star of that movie. But it's, it's just cool to see. Like the last two years, she's done four five horror movies or whatever it is. And um, she's, an alma, she's a graduate of the University of Hartford. Oh, is she really? Yeah, I just looked up oh, her Wikipedia. Connecticut girl. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. never we've never really hung, you know, hold, held the foam finger in the air for the Connecticut girls yet, have we? Yeah, no. We need a representative. We need a rep. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Glenn Close and her. <laughs> Look at eat your eat your hearts out film Twitter. And and Hathaway's here too. You got you got the Eileen contingent ready. But I wonder if this is like a start of something for Sterling K. Brown and Eric Alexander. We've been hearing buzz sure. about their performances in American fiction. I haven't seen them yet. 
I think if you're uh, if you are surprised Julianne Moore missed, you you kind of be infuriated because Eric Alexander and Sterling K. Brown are here because you can't even rely on well they're in the same movie in the same category. So Milton Milton was the representative and Julianne Moore wasn't. Well, that's not the case. They obviously didn't have any qualms about voting for the same movie right. for multiple representatives in the same category here. So it seems like that was a purposeful omission. Did they put more up in the lead? Again, you know, she's established. She's an Oscar winner. Does she really need it? Maybe people. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, exciting to see Noah Galvin. I thought he was the standout of Theater Camp. That was a fun movie. Theater Camp was good. Rotting in the Sun is on movie now. Now, I, I just wanted to ask you this question. Are you in the churn yet? Like, I'm starting to be in the churn with all these streaming services. And like Criterion Channel and movie. I'll be honest with you, I've been churning back and forth. Like, I'll go on movie. What, is, uh, what do you mean by churn? What well, does this mean? I think Are you an ice I'll, cream? I'll subscribe for like a month or two. I'll watch eight or nine movies, and then I'll get out of my subscription. I uh, no, I am the consummate consumer. Every streamer wants me as their consumer because when I have something, I, it'll be years before I cancel it, no matter how <laughs> little I use it. I, I used to be that way, but now I'm like, uh, my bank account is dwindling. Yeah, and yeah. Well, so is mine. I, like, I'm not, this is not, yeah, this is not me bragging. This is stupid what I do. <laughs> I also have no money, but yes, that's how I operate. Yay, no money. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm looking at The Unknown Country, The Delinquents, and Rotting in the Sun is a movie I haven't caught yet. They're all going to be on movies. So, so rather than like spend, you know, six bucks a piece on VOD, I'll mm-hmm. just get movie for a month. Yeah, again, that's that's smart. Maybe I just I could just give you my months. login if you want. <laughs> keep it for three months, <laughs> or we can, yeah. No, but look at I think uh, Julianne Moore surprised me. Otherwise, uh, I love I love that ten uh, best screenplay, American Fiction, Birth Rebirth, awesome. Bottoms, mm-hmm. love seeing Bottoms love here. Bottoms that. was love in that. a few categories at the Indie Spirits. Uh, the Holdovers, which makes sense. We love that script and Past Lives for Celine Song. So that's that's an awesome. Probably category. my favorite category. Yeah. Love it. Uh, otherwise, bye bye Tiberius. You owe, when we have these new category or new award show. It's another award show that means you got a new documentary put forward as a major contender. And bye bye Tiberius. Uh, out of TIFF, here's the premise: Years after leaving her Palestinian village to pursue an acting career in France, uh, Hiam or Hiam Abbas. Hayam Abbas returns home with her daughter in this intimate documentary about four generations of women and their shared legacy of separation. Yeah, nothing timely or prescient about that premise that could sway voters to take it drastically serious in one way or the other. I foresee very zero <laughs> forthcoming controversies. Anyway, four daughters have been showing up everywhere, going to Mars, Kokomo City, the mother of all lives. I keep seeing those names throughout. Um, I'm excited to see a couple of, i seen going to Mars already, which is good. But yeah, so Doc is still just a mess. Doc features all over the place. But uh, Do you feel like the Michael J. Fox one is the leader? No. Well, Not but even if you did, what, like leader to where? It's like, lead, pied, you know, lead, the lead lemming? No offense to the Michael J. Fox movie, but... That, nobody wants to be the Nobody leader. wants to be the leader. Yeah. Like, you're just the first lemming to go off the cliff. Yeah. He doesn't... The documentary feature branch, a book, a study... Pure, unadulterated nonsense. A tome yeah. needs to be written about them, because they're... <laughs> talk true. about they're out of their it's minds. Absolutely true. Uh, international film, this is going to shock you, but Anatomy of a Fall is here as well. Again, uh, mm. Godland, Mamiwata, Totem, and The Zone of Interest does show up again. So last year we had RRR taking a lot of international film awards until All Quiet on the Western Front just like swooped in and took everything. Yeah, The Zone of Interest has been here. It's been 
lined up against Anatomy of a Fall seemingly every time. It just doesn't have any wins. Anatomy of a Fall seems to beat it every time. Yeah. And I think I, I get why, because the zone of interest is a hard set, and Anatomy of a Fall is mostly a fun watch, I would say. The zone of interest doesn't show anything really in its trailer, and the trailer is a hard set. Hmm. Like you have little kids doing the Heil Hitler salute, and like Ugh. you hear the 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 score. I mean, we're not doing trailer reviews, so that's why I'm throwing it in here. But the score is like undercut with these screams and shouts in the distance. It's 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 rough. It, it's it's kind of an overwhelming movie in in that regard. Uh, it's it's a tough set. It's I mean it's it's undeniably well done. It's it's hard to say. Hey, let's all give you trophies let's all go to the movies right. it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a tough tough set yeah. and it, and if anybody's banging against anatomy of a fall or any of these movies for not doing the box office i mean what is zone of interest going to do like it's not going to do anything at the box office it's it's been you know we've done this six seven years now i don't know time is a flat circle mm-hmm. my name's mike nice to meet you it's been a little <laughs> bit since i i can't remember international feature box office mattering to the point where that, I mean, nearly the dozen best picture, obviously, but like, I don't remember us having those conversations. Do you? It's probably true. However, when everybody goes to dinner after seeing the taste of things on Valentine's Day, <laughs> that's going to matter. You that's going to matter. You this have should... to stop this. No, no. Listen, you have to watch that movie. Get your juices going. And then instead of like, you know, going home and being a. Human was being. nominated like one time four shows ago. <laughs> <laughs> the taste of things is showing up nowhere. Anatomy of a Fall right. is showing up everywhere. <laughs> Francis has done it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, anyway, good to see uh, Totem with another pick here. Mami Wata, I, I enjoyed that one at Sundance. I have not seen Godland yet, but as we were saying, like that's on a Criterion channel. It's one of six movies on my list that I could just plug in a Criterion channel for a month and knock those this might be out. a stupid question but is criterion channel worth it that's one i have not to, i've, I've been, been again I, I i like two months a year i get on there and i watch 10 movies and then i yeah. i i get off i'm churning like this is i used to have criterion channel for like a full year and i just wasn't watching it enough yeah. I, this is me being honest okay. at this point all right that's what i'm doing I'm, I'm not, we're not getting all this stuff for free we do that on purpose deliberately stupidly yeah. You mm-hmm. should probably just get stubbornly. try yeah stubbornly no, no just just belligerently yeah we're idiots yeah. anyway I don't know I cinematography don't know. The introspection point of the Mike Mike and Oscar program <laughs> <laughs> uh, indie spirits continued here cinematography all dirt roads taste of salt chronicles of a wandering saint which shows up in a couple spots the holdovers Monica and we grown now so not dismayed to see the holdovers here Mm. and i I guess you could say it's a show of strength nomination except we just talked about how it needed strength in other areas that you would expect it to have strength in for a show like the indie spirits picture or lead character so i have no idea i mean especially i it's it the cinematography of the holdovers is nice Mm. (laughs) i don't think it was anything that i i noticed and maybe that's the fault of mine i'd have to rewatch it and check it out but i would think editing would be the technical category at the Indie Spirits where the holdover shows up, and but it shows up in cinematography and not in editing. Yeah, How to Blow Up a pipeline, pipeline, Rotting in the Sun, Theater Camp, Upon Entry, We Grown Now. How to Blow Up a Pipeline is 
fitting and it should be showing up in more indie films for score and editing that those those award shows that have those categories but anyway uh first feature alder roads taste of salt chronicles of a wandering saint earth mama which just showed up on showtime paramount plus there which i gotta watch uh a thousand and one and upon entry first screenplay again chronicles of a wandering saint may december that was his first screenplay or or I think hmm. Sammy Birch's first, Alex Mechanic and Birch. Well, I tell you what, for a, for a first screenplay, it's wildly impressive because it that it can't be written. <laughs> like, <laughs> to have that be your first story is is very very True. very audacious. The Starling Girl I just watched that was that was a strong film. It has the same problem like you're dealing with a age gap relationship and seventeen and twenty eight, mm-hmm. but played by two twenty five year olds. Like, what are we doing? I don't know. It's just anyway, good movie though. Starling Girl, good movie, well made. Uh, theater camp upon entry, it's just like Hollywood tropes. You know, you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, we we grown now. I mean, not only does it show up in a couple other areas, but getting the two technical noms there, it's uh, yeah. something to keep an eye on. I, hey, you always discover an indie spirit movie yeah. like, from these award shows. We'll For sure. we'll move on to the BIFA awards, and they're going to try our best to not do the the same pun we do every year with the fantastic BIFAs, but I'm going to. <laughs> I just did. I, I just warned myself not to do it, but I'm going to do it because I, I don't listen. I don't listen when Fantastic. somebody tells me what to do. It just it, the way it hits the mouth, Mike. It's like you want to talk about the pot on fire. The Since taste of things. The bear. There are Italian beef <laughs> operations opening up everywhere, Michael. They they should if they're holding the bike riders till next year, they have time to reshoot and add that scene in. You need the you need the beefs, the fantastic beefs. This I is a British how... independent film awards show. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, go ahead. I'll take it. The winner tallies. Six <laughs> wins for all of us strangers. That one best beef. Uh, director for Andrew Haig, supporting for Paul Mescal, screenplay for Haig as well, cinematography, editing, and music supervision. Uh, three wins went to Femme, best joint lead. Again, this is one of the uh, sounds about dirty. Previously, <laughs> Does, I'm just gonna. I said it before. <laughs> I'll say it again. I don't have the majority, but best joint lead sounds. Well, this is this is one of the things we talked about previously. The Beefers mm-hmm. is one of the award shows that's combining. They're doing away with like the standard lead. Love the category. We do love the category, yeah. but best joint lead. Calling it best joint lead. Yeah. Double entendre. <laughs> Nathan Stewart, Jarrett, and George McKay there. Costume <laughs> design, and it won makeup and hair as well. How to Have Sex, speaking of sounding dirty, had two wins. Best lead for me and McKenna Bruce and casting. Rye Lane had two wins as well. Breakthrough performance of Vivian Opera and original music. Uh, the Kitchen had best effects and production design with its two wins as well. And If the Streets Were on Fire won best documentary and Rain Dance Maverick Award. Again, another award show, another best documentary award, and another different winner. Yeah, as youth violence rises in London, a rebellious group of young people tear through the city streets in the name of Knives Down, Bikes Up. So if the streets are on fire, another documentary to add to, to the contenders list for certain, like we're saying. It, it is every award show. People have almost like a musical taste and mm-hmm. musical preferences in terms of the documentary feature category. And maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But it doesn't help the documentary feature branch. Let's put it that way. Uh, I do want to mention... Well, maybe it does. Or maybe it does. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I, I don't can't know. hone in on one one picture to uh, 
omit. Right. right. Uh, I do think uh, Anatomy of a Fall winning Best International Independent Film is important for all the reasons I've mentioned last time. That is actually has an Oscar crossover stat where if you win it, you get nominated like 80% of the time. And if you're nominated, you get nominated for Best Picture like 60% of the time. Anatomy of a Fall is being nom- is winning way too much to not show up somewhere on the Oscars ballot. I think it has... It has a couple options to it. It may not need to do the Triangle of Sadness, Palm Door to Best Picture kind of path, even though it can do that. But maybe it does get screenplay actress, right? I was going to say, Hulaire, yeah. And Justine Trier and Arthur Harari could could do the Maggie Gyllenhaal thing. Well, look, I mean, right now, we're very, very early in award season, but... Most memorable speech, I think, certainly goes to Harari with <laughs> that <funny>. Bob Dylan, <laughs> whatever it was. So, yeah, he was a Pat's goofball, out there. but yeah. he was funny. And he's a great director in his own right, by the way. But anyway, Ennis Main for sound. Stop it. Earth Mama. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't crap on movie, but stop it. Knives Just... down, bikes up, Ditka. <laughs> No, Ennis Main. Uh, it's one of those horror, like experimental horror movies. I can't that, dig you out of this one. Uh, nah, no. Earth Mama, debut director for Savannah Leaf, who's an Olympian, by, by the way, yeah. uh, turned filmmaker. Uh, Polite Society, one debut screenwriter uh, for Nita Manzor. And cool Scrapper, won, won base, uh, best breakthrough performance. But look at main story headlines got to be all of us strangers did what it needed to do at bifa best bifa yeah yeah no good good point that's that is a good headline by you yeah all of us like anatomy of a fall had a big win that is that is a big win historically but all of us strangers really cleaned up won everything i mean people were talking about it like it was a sweep it was a shower it was a big deal and all of us strangers if it wants to get momentum into best picture get the momentum into the oscars for later in the season it does need to win at at some spots like this. paul mezcal good looking guy i'm not jealous of him yeah why is that i just want that on the record i'm capable okay well he's a little older not young i was good yeah i was gonna i was hoping you weren't gonna say that yeah not a young (laughs) Hollywood. exactly (laughs) the youth that you despise elsewhere you're like the evil queen in snow white Yeah, that's me. That's, mirror, mirror that's a one on to one. Yeah. Fuck you, Jacob Delorty. You're the handsomest of all. Delorty again. <laughs> Smash the mirror. All right. I want to talk about the HCA awards, aka the Astras. All right. Yes. And I wonder what you think about how they're doing over there. Obviously, Scotty Feinberg wrote quite the scathing behind the scenes piece on the HCAs. And yes, <laughs> I wonder if this is part of why he's been. It in some seemed hot water merited, until, but yeah, if you if look, you read it, yeah, it was a total shit show last year, based on that piece or, and based on the infighting happening amongst the the heads of the award show. Now, the Hollywood Critics Association has rebranded to the Hollywood Creative Alliance, renaming themselves the Astra Awards. Which I gotta say, Michael, even though I'm not a huge fan of that movie, sounds pretty cool, pretty fitting. What do you think of the term Astra? You think they named themselves after Ad Astra? I know for a fact Menzel, either Menzel or uh, Weber loved Ad Astra. I can't remember okay. which one of them. Maybe I they both did. I, I didn't realize that, but I think uh, rebranding was a necessity. 
uh, especially after that. I mean, there was a there was a big fallout from that piece too. A lot of other really? trades like picked up on it. I was read. I, I mean, at the time, I was reading that people were commenting on it and it, like had a big impact. So yeah, I don't think there's a after something like that. There was a reorganization. People stepped down and whatever and put okay. themselves in different spots. So I, I, I think it was merited. And they needed. they have a very cool website. All the stars show up at their show to the point where like. They're like Gotham's West, but they, they they do so much better on YouTube in terms of their viewership, though. I mean, or they had like 290,000 people watch the show on YouTube last year. I didn't even know it was on YouTube last year to the point where I'm going to watch it this year because everybody goes to this thing. Every star goes to this thing. And I think that's in part because they have so many categories that so many stars are going to get rewarded on the night. It makes sense. I mean, they're doing what they need to do. I mean, they have first feature, ensemble, comedy, action, horror, animated, doc. They have four international feature categories, film, filmmaker, actor, actress. And then they have cool-ass categories like best voiceover performance and stunts that we've been banging on the table uh, for these to go further and, and to be necessary in the rest of award season. I like yeah, that controversy, they have... controversy aside, not to cut you off, but that's the reason we, we did hone in on this is that like we this is how we think that there are definitely things here that should be copied as far as the show itself and the awards categories themselves. We've been wanting, and, and I've certainly been banging the table for this ty- kind of tact, like more nominations, they do six per category, more categories for precursors. Right. They do the mid-season awards, which we've, which we've covered for a mm-hmm. few years in a row. I like it. And then I kind of agree with these tallies, you know, save a few films, but like Barbie and Oppenheimer are leading the tallies, which seems fitting for the year like this. Yeah. And, and Spider-Verse is even up there, too. It's tied with Killers of the Flower Moon. Poor Things is rounding out the top five, or I guess one, two, three, four, five. You know, is that, can I count? Yeah, that's five. Uh, holdovers and the color purple where it does show up, even though it's had some trouble there. Those, those have eight noms apiece. Maestro with seven. American Fiction, Saltburn, John Wick, four Guardians, three with six noms apiece. Thanks to Eric Anderson for the very thorough light up, write up and summary here. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, look at the best picture category uh, Air, American Fiction, Barbie, Color Purple, Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Spider Verse. That's cool a cool to see Air get some recognition. That's a cool category. And again, they have enough international categories to where it's not like relegated to one, right? I mean, you got Anatomy of a Fall, you got 10 films in that international film mm-hmm. category, Zone of Interest, Taste of Things, they're all there. You even have something like Jawan, which is a cool inclusion, Radical, Society of the Snow, etc. I can go on. Best voiceover performance, Ariana DeBose of Wish. I, yeah. I loved her in that. Bradley Cooper in Guardians 3. That was the best Bradley Cooper in a Guardians film. I agree with that. Daniel Kaluuya, Haley Steinfeld, and Shameik Moore in Spider-Verse. I think we're all hugely yep. uh, in favor of those performances. Daniel Kaluuya was really cool in particular as the punk Spider-Man. Yeah. Anyway, Jack Black Spider-Man. and Mario Brothers. Oh, was Chris Pratt not eligible? Or yeah, no, that's, yeah. I, I, again, I'm having fun there, but yeah, I, I, it's a great category as well. Best stunts: Dungeons and Dragons, Fast X, Guardians Three, John Wick Four, Mission Impossible, Polite Society. Look, I mean, Fast X. We know Vin Diesel is an immortal, is actually a <laughs> Superman superhero, so that's false. So well, look, it's going to be fun there. to to see uh, John Wick Four go up against Mission Impossible. You know. Absolutely. I mean, one's, one's historically what you think about in terms of stunt work, and the other one is a crazy man <laughs> who happens to be an actor. Jumps out of planes, <laughs> calls it a stunt. Unbelievable. Uh, anyway, best pl- publicity campaign 
at the Astros. Barbie, John Wick 4, Megan. Mathrigan? Megan? Anyway, Oppenheimer, Super Mario Brothers, Wonka. Wonka is going to do big Bafo Bobo. Well, we have a genius idea like the Chocolate Cartel. (laughs) People are going to go to see that, Michael. I, I want to. I can't believe I want to. I can't believe I want to as well. Paddington, the Paddington guys got me. There's some kind of drug they have that they like. They have figured something out. Well, how are you not going to buy the Wonka candy and go see Wonka? Mm-hmm. Like you can't. But like go to Paddington Wonka. Two was like great. Like there's something they get it, and they, they they have some secret. Like there's no way I will be just rolling over the aisles to get out of the theater to buy candy if I'm watching that movie watching I, I'm not impressionable I don't know if you know this Mike and the schnozberries take like crack <laughs> anyway look I, I think the HCA's got something going here I think the Astros is cool I think they're up and coming like the Gotham's uh, and, and maybe even more so I don't know Jimmy O. Yang they just announced yesterday going to be the host of these award shows when they're uh, this award show when those awards are given out Monday February 26th so yeah, from, uh, he's funny. Good. Why can't I think of the name of the show on HBO that he was in? I don't. I don't watch TV. Anyway, come on. I know it's the, not the, TV. The tech geeks, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Valley. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Anyway, Tig Notaro had the uh, hosting job last year. Apparently, yeah, again, I just I didn't. I was not aware of this show until like all our friends were tweeting about it on the West Coast, which was cool yeah. to see. But then, yeah, no, it's it's actually like a big deal. It's it's really cool. The Astros, holy shnikes! All right, quickie Golden Globe predictions addendum here. I am going to put my predictions to you, and you can either comment or preferably not. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I like to hear myself, and that's it. No, I th- no, I want to know what you think. All right, my drama predictions. Yes, Oppenheimer, yes. Killer, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. Maestro. Hmm. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Keep going. Keep Past going. lives. I hope so. Anatomy of a fall. I don't think so. Now, here's my argument for anatomy of a fall. Fipreski, a lot of those folks mm-hmm. are involved, and anatomy of a fall has been cleaning up <laughs> yeah. overseas, no at doubt. the film festivals, wherever it is. I could see it getting in here. In addition to international film, or I hope they changed the, the the title of that category, but whatever. But, I mean, look, at Zone of Interest, you got a lot of movies, All of Us Strangers, Ferrari, but oddly enough, like, comedy or musical might be even more, might be even more competitive this year, but what do you think of my drama five? I would put Ferrari in there, because I think hmm. uh, if you're going with the... Uh with the international appeal type thing. I think that's a story that's easy to, to unless people just like despise Adam Driver's performance. In it. Remember, there used to be nine old, 90 older white people. And now they're 300 <laughs> it's true. people. And, it, and it's a diverse body. Right. Voting. Right. Body. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I would love to see anatomy of a fall over, over something like uh, Ferrari. Napoleon would be the old globe pick. No, Napoleon or yes. Ferrari. Yeah. But I haven't seen Ferrari. I shouldn't say that, but. You you just automatically think Ferrari's the old guy pick? I do. Okay. I do. I do. When you get I in mean, in that it's an old guy. <laughs> when you get in one of my cars, you get in to win. Uh Maestro, you're right. I, I, I would think my I I'm hung up on it, but then again, I think that uh comedy and musical might have a tougher 
six, seven, eight than uh, Drama Mike this year, which is not the usual case for the Golden Globes. Well, American Fiction, Barbie, I would say are in. Yes. Poor Things, The Holdovers, probably. Probably. The Color Purple, probably. But maybe not. It's come Except out late. Except it hasn't shown up anywhere. It's struggling. Even though it got raves in terms of its initial reception. It's gonna be it's gonna be May December, isn't it? May December could be that fifth, and I think Clayton Davis had that in his predictions, or he had it right on the cusp. But could be air. I would love it if it was air. Dream scenario, I'd be, I'd be surprised. But air feels like an old Globes pick here. Anyway, dumb money, Asteroid City, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. It's not gonna be dumb money. Can you imagine Wonka showing up? The Globes would still be that. Wouldn't I mean? It really wouldn't surprise me. All right, well, how about this? Cinematic or box office achievement? And here's a question, Golden Globes. Wonka is about to make a ton of money. Is Wonka eligible? I don't know. You, I mean, the, the rubric they put out there was $150 million worldwide box office or some who-the-hell-knows streaming metric, right? whatever that means. So, like, maybe something like The Killer or Maestro or May, December is eligible in cinematic or box office achievement. But, I mean, look, Barbenheimer's going to be there, Barbie and Oppenheimer. You would think Spider-Verse is in there. I would think. Taylor Swift. Are they going to be able to avoid nominating Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour? Maybe they do. (sighs) I think it's a smarter pick than people will think about this category for being. Hmm. Because I think... If you get a concert movie in there, they may think that's maybe like watering down what they they have to be so intent on having this category be serious mm-hmm. this year to like be like, look, it's not just a, you know, a booby prize for the blockbuster. So we don't have to give it to a win in best picture. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Taylor Swift, I think the Taylor Swift movie is a smarter pick than uh, than they may be thinking about this. Killers of the Flower Moon is eligible here as well. Technically, I don't know if they would nominate it because it like it clearly lost money, <laughs> losing money. Yeah. Uh, so if you're actually if it's a cinematic or box office achievement and a mo- the movie lost Apple slash Paramount 100 million dollars or whatever the hell it's going to lose. Come on. What, do, yeah, what are we doing? I would I would put uh, Guardians up there probably. Well, like Guardians, John Wick four. Obviously, the Super Mario Brothers was the biggest one of the biggest blockbusters ever. Never mind mm-hmm. this year. Creed three, Little Mermaid, Indy five, Elemental. Again, you know, it's the sliding scale. They did enough to qualify Mission Impossible, but did they even make money? But I would say like Barbie or Oppenheimer should win that category. Now you could then play some games with what you do in the other categories, like. I, I've been intrigued by this spot. Like the way you make this best popular film category mean something is you pick a meaningful winner. Like if Oppenheimer is your pick here, and then you could pick Killers of the Flower Moon and Drama, and then you go Flower Moon, Barbie, Oppenheimer winning on the night. Hey, it's still Christopher Nolan up there giving a big speech, getting his time. I, I yes, for this year. But doesn't that? But doesn't what you just described also play into my fear with what this category will be? If it's which a booby is, prize, right? Which is well, I I want to vote for Flower Moon, but it's not going to win Best Picture. So here, I'll just give it this one instead. <sighs> booby prize is a funny word. It is funny term. It's the no. prize part of it, isn't it? No, <laughs> I think uh, I think if Barbie wins this category, let's let's because let's say American Fiction wins Comedy or Musical, 
let's say Oppenheimer wins drama and Barbie yeah. wins cinematic or box office achievement. Again, Greta, you put a microphone in front of Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie producer. They go up there. They give a great speech for Barbie. They don't take it as a slight. They just celebrate their movie and they crush the speech. It's on national TV still, CBS. I, I am totally in agreement for this year. Mm-hmm. Which is the most important year to establish this category as something serious. But, you know, the, going forward, like Dune Part 2 could win the category next year or something. You know I mean? It, it, you could always pick an oscar film, a movie that's going to be Best Picture nominated, and it could, it's, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but what happens when, when Endgame happens again? You right. know what I mean? Like, there's no way that's going to be taken seriously as a Best Picture runner. Maybe runner. it gets the, the nom. It's the, you actually get a good speech by a producer. I don't know, director or whatever. I don't know. I'm very curious how it's going to play out because we we were debating it. Uh, the Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes was the other possible nominee, but I, I just saw it over the weekend, Mike. I would I would prefer not, but here's the thing. like That movie is really good in the first half, and I despise the second half. In terms of dumb teenager quotient, this movie overflowed with dumb teenagers in the second <laughs> half. Like I despised it. The second half of the, this movie was awful. Uh, I wish I stuck to my instincts to avoid seating this one in theaters. It would have been much less painful from my couch. Um, <laughs> do you have any memories of the original Hunger Games trilogy? Yeah, I do. I really like the original Hunger Games uh, first movie. The second movie I kind of <laughs> liked. I loved the first book. I, I, I mowed down the books. I read them very fast. I did not read this book. I did not listen to this one. But how was this movie in comparison to your what you remember about the original trilogy? The first half was the, was the Hunger Games, and then when you're not in the Hunger Games, who gives a damn? Okay. <laughs> That's my review. <laughs> I despised it. It's just like dumb teen... And, and the, the editing was laughable. Like, they cut from a hanging to a romantic scene in the lake. Like, just stop. Give me a break. I mean, yeah. what are we doing? Francis, I mean, was that supposed to be irony? But it's a beautiful scene at the lake. They're kissing, canoodling you after a hanging. What are we doing? David Ehrlich has finally found love and happiness in this life. David Ehrlich has you lost can't stand all it. credibility. <laughs> all, no, I know he's Twitter-pated. He's in love, apparently, because he's been way too positive about way too many films lately. Something My happened. boy. <laughs> Look what they've done to my boy. <laughs> But anyway. right, so, well, what do you predict in terms of Golden Globes? Do you predict in that in that Pain. box office achievement category? Um, I, I I think it has to be one of the Barbenheimers. Yeah, well, they're getting nominated in the Spider- same way. If it was last year, it has to be Top Gun Maverick. Like, if it's actually box office achievement, those are the movies that have quote unquote saved cinema. But it's cinematic or box office achievement. That's fine. I, said, I mean, what's a bigger cinematic achievement than Oppenheimer? <laughs> so do you expect the Golden Globes finish Barbenheimer wins drama and comedy or musical? No. 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 Okay. I think so th- I think something's going to win drama. I, I mean, it might be Flower Moon. So Flower Moon wins drama, Barbie wins comedy or musical? I hope. I mean, America. Uh, poor things wouldn't surprise me. Right. American fiction, I'd be a little surprised if it was American fiction, but poor things really? wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, over Barbie? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, Cord Jefferson's first movie. 
but then right. Barbie wins. But so, so if it's between Barbie and Oppenheimer and they're otherwise shut out on the night, cinematic or box office achievement has to go to Barbie because it just made so much more money. It made $500 million more money, no? Or, well, I mean, you can talk yourself into either way, can't you? Well, Barbie has an, an established fan base that it drew from. Oppenheimer is kind of a, it's a new story, at least. People don't really, maybe not know the machinations of it, et cetera, et cetera. One's totally fantasy and talking about, like, you know, the zeitgeist and society and, and empowerment and equality, and the other one's talking about the totally political and relevant in that way. I mean, you could you could definitely split hairs, I think, if you're a voter with the ballot, if you take it seriously and you don't just relegate this to the non-Best Picture winning movie. So here's the question. What's the best way to get this movie something, uh, get this category credibility? Barbie wins comedy or musical and cinematic and box office yes. achievement, and then Oppenheimer wins drama or does or, uh, or one of one of the two wins both. Okay, I think it, uh, to me anyway. Or but I, I can already see the the complaints of being like, well, then that makes this category redundant. Like I get that, yeah. But at least that that'll show that the the voters are willing to actually like engage. Because doesn't doesn't Barbenheimer one of those two have to win cinematic or box office achievement? I guess Spider Verse so. could. I, no, I believe, I believe Barbie or Oppenheimer have to win it. Right, I I feel the same as you do. However, they're setting precedent with this first win. Yes, so, they are. Spider Verse very eligible, very good. If Spider Verse doubles up, wins animated and this category, right? Because there's animated at the Globes, isn't there? I, I was going to ask you. I can't remember, but is there a rule that animated movies are barred from being nominated in Best Picture at the Globes? I know there's that that international feature rule. I thought there used to be. So did I. I can't remember, but I was like, oh, maybe maybe Spider Verse would come up in comedy or musical, but I can't. I'd have to. I have to. We have to refresh our. We do this every year. We forget every year. Yeah, we do forget so. every year. That's but what no, I tell I, myself. I, I, I used am. to know. I, used <laughs> I do. To know. I do believe that the the quickest way to establish legitimacy in the cinematic or box office achievement is to have the best picture winner on the same show win that category. But then again, it's like, okay, is it redundant? Or, and like you said, it's setting precedent. Are you just going to do that every year? But no, because every year we're not going to have the biggest box office rake be the best picture winner. It just so happens that the two biggest movies this year are really damn good movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So it's a good go. year to start that category if you're yeah, going to start it. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, even though I do you like do you want that to be a category? Yes or no? Should that be a category? No, but but if you're going to do it, we just spent the last 10 minutes talking about it. So I'm not against that. Yeah. No, I'm with with you. I'm with you. I mean, well, we're talking about it because it's here. It doesn't matter if we want it or not. They're doing it. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for uh, clarifying that part of it. <laughs> but no, I wanted to talk about it. Then you, I mean, we 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 want to talk about it. We we'd spend well, a yeah, whole I mean, episode. It's you know like five I, years it, ago. Yeah. This is this is where we are, right? <laughs> you have to tackle what's in front of you, don't you? But no, can't I worry don't want, about I can't worry about playing the championship game if you're going to look over the opponent that's on the field next to you. Right, but it's a nuts category. It's cinematic or box office. What are we doing? Nonsense. Pure unadulterated nonsense. <laughs> 
There we go. Guys, as always, what matters most to us, dear listener, are your thoughts. We do want to hear what you think about this category in, uh, in particular, as well as anything else we talked about with all of these awards, nominations, wins, and news throughout this episode. As well as always, you can leave us any comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. Uh, you can always leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter or X, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you listen to us on either the Apple Podcast or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so on any of those apps thus far. Michael, tell the good people what's coming next from us, and let's have some words of wisdom to end on. Well, I think it's wise to just enjoy the season. Like, you got multiple contenders available on VOD. (laughs) Yeah, you should, because we can't. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, break up your Christmas shopping or your your holiday shopping there and, and... and watch some movies like they're yeah. all going to be out like i wish they would spread them out throughout the year uh you, you know shout out to andrew morgan on that because they need to please god help us but there's I'll, it's I'll, getting it's, it's getting there i mean right everything everywhere uh um us oh, good god yeah Get I mean, Bar- those barbenheimer movies, yeah but yep. they're they're doing okay but better slow progress progress is a slow process I don't know. It's, they're still like flooding us with contenders this time of year, which is annoying. But uh, we have a year-round Oscars podcast. We got content to fill, scheduling to book. All right. But what's coming next is a Globe Nom reaction show based on this addendum. But uh, choice noms are next week as well, Michael. So we've probably got two big award reaction shows coming. I really want to do a film study on The Boy and the Heron. I'm, like, upset that we can't. <laughs> but here's what I picture. I picture, picture an animated Mike One, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the animation from our podcast uh, artwork there. Yep. I picture you animated in, like, some Miyazaki to Winnie the Pooh blustery day type of uh, backdrop. Yep. I picture you having a stack of papers. I picture you walking out of the theater <laughs> for the boy and the heron ripping up the stack of the papers throwing them in the air that's what i picture and then i picture a la the boy and the heron these papers coming to life and mauling you just attacking and smothering you like a mummy and then you i just picture you accepting it even mm-hmm. your you're accepting your fate before mm-hmm. you turn into a heron which is not in the movie, but it would be funny if you turned it to a heron. I turn into my interpretation of a heron, which is a fish, which is incorrect. <laughs> and then animated me comes out, argues with you. I guess. <laughs> You're supposed to be a bird. <laughs> While eating Italian beef from Chicago. I'll do my Robert Pattons. Absolutely holding a original beef <laughs> in my mouth, just screaming at you like Robert Pattinson. His voice, uh, which I didn't see. I actually want to go see The Boy and the Heron and watch the, the English dub. Yeah, you saw the, uh, the subtitle version. Japanese sub, yeah. yeah. The, uh, I'll tell you what, you, you saying that they need to spread them out, though. Like it, uh, Being a casual viewer of the Oscars has to be maddening. Mm. You want more people to tune in. You want higher ratings. Yeah, spread out your movies. Please. Nobody's going at the end of the year to see everything. It's impossible. But... January has nothing in it. <laughs> so these Oscar movies are going to play through January? They're going to have to. Yeah, re-releases. Yeah. All right. But, but I mean, like Ferrari and Iron Claw and Poor Things, yeah, right. American Fiction. Right. You're going to have those four out early mm-hmm. January. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's true. Wow. All right. Well, we, we guys, got stuff to do. When reality sucks, 
you can do stuff with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year out without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. What if I didn't say that? I would have come up with whatever the, whatever the last thing one of us says is, that's what I go with. So I can really sabotage you there. Totally, I could be yeah. a total saboteur. Yeah. <laughs> say something horrible. Yeah. We'll see you guys. Thank <laughs> you.